Welcome to the Hanu Health Podcast, where our mission is to help you to breathe better and stress less. On this show, we discuss a variety of topics and provide practical suggestions for improving health and well-being. However, none of the education, tips, and tricks provided should be taken as medical advice. Your medical doctor is your best bet if you have medical questions. Also, on this podcast, we interview numerous guests from diverse backgrounds, interests, and may carry some unique ideas. Hanu Health as a company does not endorse all statements provided by guests or condone all suggestions or protocols discussed. We just like hearing about cool people doing rad and new things. So sit back, relax, breathe, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, so we're going retro on you guys. So you got to hear my podcast I did previously with Robert Slovak on all things water. And now you're going to hear an oldie but a goodie about all things EMF and EMF protection and scalar wave technology and all the coolness of tinfoil hats. Well, maybe not that. But actually, we have been traveling a lot with Hanu. I'm actually sitting in my hotel room right now in Austin, Texas. And as you can hear, I'm not on my really good mic. I'm on the computer mic because we are flying like everywhere because we need to get the good news of Hanu spread throughout the land. But anyway, you're going to hear one that was one of the most popular podcasts that I did with with Mindhackers Radio. So this one, again, is with Brandon Amalani of Blue Shield. And we talk all about Blue Shield scalar wave technology for EMF mitigation. And if you have no idea what that is or what that means, just trap yourselves in. See how it relates to stress resiliency and overall cellular function. And be, you know, a a judge, if you will. Determine whether or not you want to dig deeper into the science. Brandon gets into the science for sure. But you be the determinant on whether or not you want to dig deeper in this. Because it's a bit of a controversial topic. I mean, EMF is one that tends to be met with either like polarized viewpoints. So it's like people either think, oh man, this is like the best stuff ever. Uh, And then some are like, yeah, those are the people with the tinfoil hats on. So you be the judge. Listen to it. Let us know what you think. Also, if you haven't done it already, HanuHealth.com. HanuHealth.com. Available for pre-order, our wearable technology that continuously monitors your stress response throughout the day, provides you with alerts, and then helps you to train better resiliency and adaptation to stress. HanuHealth.com, all it costs is $29 to put your name down. It only costs you $151. Then later on when we charge you for sending you the device, and then you get to use that bad boy to track and measure your your stress response all throughout the day, every day and then train better resiliency. So again, enjoy Hanu, but then enjoy this podcast that I did with Brandon Amalani on all things EMF. Today is one that I've been interested in for a while. This subject matter is one that is kind of a hot topic in the biohacking industry. So in kind of the field I'm in, it's talked about quite frequently, but I think that there's some kind of misconceptions, some just kind of general lack of knowledge and understanding because it seems like a field that's so foreign to us, but we're going to dive into it deeply. So strap in everyone because this one's going to be quite different and quite exciting. So again, I get a lot of questions about EMF and mitigating the negative effects of EMF. I also get a 
lot of questions about our turn towards 5G telecommunications and what health impacts this may have. And so I wanted to do an episode on EMF and more specifically EMF mitigation through some unconventional means, even though when we talk about the field of EMF, it's almost always unconventional. So after doing some of my own personal research and hearing really, you know, some of the top biohackers like Ben and Greenfield and others discuss the concept of scalar technology for EMF mitigation, my interest was was truly peaked. And so I will admit at first I was a little skeptical and thought that this idea was a little too woo-woo, but after further exploration and testing myself, I find myself certainly less skeptical and more optimistic about this technology. And all of this may sound a little cryptic, so let's just bust right into some content. And I will say, regardless of the outcome of today, my challenge to you is to keep an open mind about what you're about to hear. So my guest today is Mr. Brandon Amalani, and he has been involved in the wellness industry for 20 years with a focus on traditional Chinese medicine and herbalism. He is the founder and owner of Shin Blossom and an awesome company called Blue Shield Global USA. Brandon is dedicated to helping people elevate their conscious awareness and health, utilizing time-honored and modern methods and tools. So Brandon, buddy, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks, Jay, for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So as you heard in my my eloquent or maybe not so eloquent introduction of, of my discussion of EMF, uh, this is kind of this is kind of your area, man, which is typically an unconventional area. I haven't met many people who were like children and said, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be an EMF specialist and specialize in scalar <laughs> technology. So what, what in the world was it that got you into this? How did you become interested in health and wellness and then in EMF mitigation? Well, I certainly didn't expect it myself, honestly. I actually um, went to college uh, for audio engineering and um, uh, human physiology as a minor. And um, yeah, I basically thought I was going to be a musician growing up. So it was kind of uh, odd to get pulled in this direction. And it really started with my my journey with health. Uh, I didn't necessarily have anything particularly wrong. I didn't really wasn't trying to heal myself from anything. Uh, but I just found myself fascinated with health and consciousness in particular, like how what you put in your body affects how you think, act and feel. And and Early on, probably I would say about 17 or 18 years old, I got exposed to some of the earlier um, radionics type devices and some of these energy medicine devices, which I thought, wow, this is this kind of seems like the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started working in these circles and we started doing like kind of treatments on people or experiments, I should say, on people, um, I just noticed that they would get better for a period of time, but then they would actually have to kind of come back for the because they had the same patterns and same um, conditions coming back, uh, and it was cyclical. So I made a a dietary connection and, uh, to make a really long story short, I, I got pulled down the path of herbalism, which led me into traditional Chinese medicine as a viewpoint or a window to look through at and see how the mind, body, and spirit interconnect. And I think it's just a really holistic, um, good perspective of how we can view humans and how we interact with nature and also how these imbalances and patterns come up and come to be. So I started with energy medicine and got into more of a natural, you know, exercise, herbalism, uh, meditation, Qigong, Chinese medicine. And then I'm kind of circling back around because for years I've been looking for, you know, ways to protect my uh, two young daughters and my family and myself from, from, the, the dangers, the long-term dangers of, of EMF pollution. And, um, I really, couldn't find anything that I was satisfied with, um, technically, or just from a somatic, you know, being able to feel, uh, any changes uh, or differences in myself until, um, really recently. So, 
um, that was kind of the evolution of how I got into uh, EMF in general is just through the just natural health and wellness because it's a piece of the pie that a lot of people don't think about that affects our health and physiology on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that, man. I think that you're you're totally right. That we uh we we tend to kind of have all of these conventional ideas of what makes up health, but then we kind of either discredit or don't even view, maybe we're ignorant sometimes to other things that we that we hear about, uh, maybe in the not so mainstream avenues, and we just go ahead and discredit it. Um, whether it be because we don't see any, you know, randomized controlled trials that demonstrate effectiveness or maybe it just sounds too woo-woo for us, mm-hmm. and then it, we just push it aside and so I appreciate you coming on here so that we can kind of unpack this to make it a little less woo-woo because admittedly, as I, as I said in my introduction, this was something even for me as a biohacker when I started looking at EMF mitigation, especially scalar technology for it, where I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. Like, I feel like you're kind of pulling my leg here. Uh, and then when I started seeing a little bit more on, on, on your guys' website about utilizing uh, you know different types of animal studies and uh, human urine analysis, I'm like, okay, this piques my interest. Now, uh, the kind of the scientist in me is saying maybe this is not so woo woo. Let me try it on my you know out for myself. Let me check this out on on the research aspects and, and side, and and we'll see if there's something more there. So that's that's really cool, man. I'm just curious when you were running those experiments when you got into into this, what kind of technology or or devices were you using at that time? Um, we were using old um, kind of Rife machines with uh, frequency generators that uses a uh, plasma gas, uh, an ionized plasma gas to transmit the uh, short band radio wave signal. And that short band um, radio wave signal was the carrier signal that carried the frequency information into and through the human body. Um, and your body will uh, typically sympathetically resonate within uh, the strongest signal in the environment. So in those days when we thought, you know, isolated frequencies were a good idea, um, you, you would say, okay, I have a, a counter frequency for something like Lyme or some kind of um, uh, like a cancer cell or something like that. And what you would do is you'd create a, uh, a resonant frequency that would actually um, devitalize that particular cell in the body or that particular organism. And it will allow your immune system to get on top of, of uh, getting rid of it or attacking it or whatever it need to, needs to do. Because really, that, there's no way around your immune system. Your immune system is the only thing that can do anything for you. So we were using energy tools like that, like uh, biophoton analyzers, different things to write, um, basically pick up energetic signatures from the biofield of a human or an animal or whatever we were working on. And we were able to map it out um, it, it wasn't really sophist- as sophisticated back then as some of the uh, biofeedback systems are today. But um, yeah, we were using uh, a variety of different energy tools. Um, and back then, you know, different scalar-esque zero-point energy type devices, tachyon, things of that nature. Interesting. Yeah, I'll be super uh, interested to talk more about that kind of as we progress along here. But one of the things I want to do so that we don't get too caught up in the weeds, it's okay if we get in the weeds in a little bit, uh, but so that we don't get too caught up in the weeds, while I, uh, my guess is, is that many of my listeners are going to already know or have kind of a, a, a semi understanding of what EMF is, let's go ahead and describe, if you don't mind, Brandon, uh, uh, what EMF is. So let's just describe that. And then why is there any reason for us to be concerned or even be talking about this? This thing that is EMF in regards to our health? Well, what it is is, is fairly simple. Uh, EMF or electromagnetic fields or electromagnetic frequencies um, are, are simply an energy that's usually wirelessly transmitted uh, through the use of 
radio waves, different spectrums of energy on the electromagnetic spectrum. So these are radiated from not only uh, the electricity running through your walls, uh, but Wi-Fi, um, routers, computers, mobile phones, um, you know, even microwaves, something that some people still cook their food with, you know, contains microwave <laughs> radiation. And some of the more dangerous forms of EMF, I mean, you hear about dirty electricity, you hear about all of these things. Um, one of the most pernicious and really um, egregious types of energy that are in the environment currently are um, the cell phone towers and the microwave radiation acting as a carrier signal to basically make it so you can make a cell phone call. Yes, thanks for, for going over that. Yeah, so a lot of people just kind of recap. These are radio frequencies, these are magnetic fields, electric fields, and dirty electricity. And and I would also recommend if you have not or want a kind of just basic primer, a very down-to-earth, easy-to-understand book, one of my favorite ones is by a guy named Nicholas Penault, which is the non-tinfoil guide to EMF. So if you really just want a very basic understanding, any of my listeners there, I'll link to this in the show notes, but I like this as just a easy to go to primer on all things EMF and EMF mitigation. So that's great. Well, awesome, Brandon. Um, why, you know, one of the things that I always, you know, get questions about is, is that we hear kind of information from these telecommunication companies on how, you know, there's no reason to be afraid of any type of cellular um, signals that are coming through, you know, into our households, into our cell phones. And, uh, and, and kind of in the news, we hear these things of like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't put the cell phone up close to our head. But in general, it's really not that big of a deal. Is that something you agree with or would you disagree with that inherently? It's certainly a big deal. I mean, we're essentially on the physical level, uh, electromagnetic water machines. We're very influenced by um, electrical signals in the environment. And our mitochondria, which is bacterial in nature, has evolved to kind of sense uh, changes um, in electrical currents, in uh, magnetism, in light, in temperature. And that's how our, our cells and body and, and DNA essentially at, at the core levels is regulated. So, I mean, there's, there's numerous um, things to be concerned about when it comes to EMF and not trying to come from a fear-mongering perspective, but it's just, it's, it's fairly basic physiology. I mean, some of the most well-known and documented uh, that sh- studies in um, and the journals are, you know, relate to the calcium channels and relate to how um, we have these these this flood of excess calcium in the um, voltage gated calcium channels. So there there's that component which is you know relates to anxiety, depression, all these kind of stuff. But I mean, if you take a child and a child is using a phone which has a very much more thin skull or insulation or protection from these these frequencies or this energy, um, you know, a two minute call can alter a child's brain function for an entire hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it causes leakage in the blood brain barrier. Um, it damages and breaks living DNA. So when you talk about um, you know micronucleosis or the breaking these cell fragments that break off DNA that don't actually die but they start to reform, yet they have mutations and things of this nature, um, you're going to see quite a bit more like cancer unfolding over the years and and What's unfortunate in a lot of respects is that it's uh, some people feel everybody's on a different level of the bell curve as far as like how they perceive this energy and how it affects them. You know, some people have a really strong constitution and and, um, genetic um, predispositions to where they can handle a lot of stress um, physically, emotionally, mentally, so on and so forth. And, you know, there's other people that don't fare so well and almost have kind of like an allergic reaction to these repetitive frequencies of non-native radiation. So, um the list is sky high as far as like the the ramifications, but it does it's not always instant. People can't always feel it right away. But you know, five, six, seven years down the road, you've had that you know that Bluetooth earbud in your ear, you know, and then all of a sudden that 
that heating of the tissue in that localized area starts growing in a way it shouldn't, you know, you start kind of making connections. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is a huge distinction for us to make because a lot of people, unless you're just extremely electrosensitive, a lot of people, if they put a Bluetooth you know, device in their ear, they're wearing their Apple AirPods, whatever they're called in their ears. Initially, they may not experience anything, but the problem is, is that we don't have really good research to show what are the long-term effects on this from these devices that we're using that we, that we put in air quotes are quote safe uh end quote which we know that you know actually we do have some studies to demonstrate that these aren't as safe as we may believe that they are but i think that the unfortunate thing that's going to end up happening is that as time goes by we're going to get more and more data coming in demonstrating how deleterious these effects of emf truly are for us and then at that moment that's when we'll start making change or we may not even make change we may attribute it to something else maybe it wasn't the emfs maybe it was something else uh, within the technology um, that was doing it, or maybe it wasn't the technology of itself. We just kind of push it aside. And that's that's kind of the scary aspect of, of te- technology and kind of uh, and the power that these companies hold because they have the ability to manipulate data. And we've seen it happen in the past. One of the, the websites that I really love that if people have not visited to it, I will, I'll link it in the show notes, is uh, the EMF portal. So emf-portal.org, which you will see tons and tons of studies that's up to date. I mean, I think they update it daily on the negative effects of non-native EMF on the body. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. So we'll jump in more to the biological effects here in just a second. But one thing I also want to make a distinction about is the difference between non-native EMF and native EMF, because I don't want people to go around thinking that all EMF are bad because that is untrue. So would you mind kind of giving a, an explanation of non-native EMF versus native EMF? Sure. Um, non-native uh, EMF that's created artificially through modern technology um, differs in a lot of ways um, from magnetic fields, uh, electromagnetic energy in nature. So everything that you see in nature, the light spectrum, um, you know, birds, insects, animals, ocean waves, everything correlates with a specific frequency set and it has a certain cadence and a rhythm to it. Uh, which is always changing, which is really important to know that a lot of these frequencies that we're exposed to with Wi-Fi, they're repetitive signals and or chaotic. So you have fundamentally, if we break it down to yin and yang theory, there's like chaotic energy or randomization, and then there's coherence and uh, or symbiosis in, in nature. So um, a lot of these frequencies that are man-made are, are chaotic. Like, for example, if you look at an information carrier wave, uh, which is the signal transmitted to carry your cell phone message across time space, uh, you know, that vibrates around 800 to 2200 uh, megahertz. So that in and of itself doesn't necessarily affect the body in a negative way. At least that's been debated. Uh, but what's, what is disruptive to the cellular biology and cellular communication is that that information carrier wave has piggybacked signals on it, which is your information that you're putting on that. That is chaotic to the cells. And that's Uh, the body tries to fight it like it would a virus. It mounts an immune response and tries to attack it. So, um, you know, energies in nature, certainly there's, um, you know, types of radiation that are not good. I mean, we're flying through photon belts all the time. And as we travel through the galaxies, Mm -hmm. uh, our our planet's never in the same point in time space and your body's never the same ever. That's why you can write your signature, uh, you know, 2000 times and try and get one of them to match up under a microscope. You're actually literally a different person every second, every moment. 
But these frequencies don't change. They don't move and they don't uh, pulsate or oscillate in the same way that frequencies do in nature. And I know that gets a little bit technical, but essentially um, these, these repetitive frequencies are our, our body and cells haven't evolved with. So our body tries to kind of mount an immune response to them versus, you know, if you go into nature and you're having this variety of frequencies, it's kind of the difference between uh, a super nutrient or a multivitamin or something of that nature, you know, your body requires all these different nutrients. You wouldn't just eat like magnesium, vitamin C and expect to be healthy. Uh, but what's happening on the electromagnetic level with a lot of these frequencies from non-native EMF is that we're getting stimulated with the same thing over and over, which eventually causes damage and mount, uh, and again, mounts an immune response to where uh, the body tries to protect itself against that re repetitive um, barrage on the cell level. Excellent. So it's kind of like I kind of like share the, the the analogy of exercise or any other type of hormetic stressor that would be good for us. Um, and I won't even say non-native EMF will be good for us, but uh, the idea is is that acute stressors um, don't necessarily have as much of a negative effect on us as these chronic long-term stressors do. And so, from an evolutionary or ancestral perspective, we didn't have all of these non-native EMFs like we do nowadays in our modern day, especially American. Well, I'd say international lifestyles too, but especially uh, in, in kind of these developed countries like America, this constant barrage of this non-native EMF, which is very different than what our biology is is used to. So we wouldn't exercise, you know, for hours on end because we know that that acute stressor would turn into something chronic, which would then have a deleterious or negative effect on our mind and on our body. But the problem is now is that we are constantly being berated by the stressor that's unbeknownst to many people. Uh, they don't know that they're actually being exposed to a stressor that uh, is inherently speaking to their biology. Is, am I hearing you correct on that one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't work out 16 hours a day every single day with no off days or rest or recovery. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. the same thing. You get hit with these frequencies, your body has no time to adapt and recover. And this is where it gets really cool. Um, back in the late 90s, uh, with um, this team that I've been working with recently, um, what they found out was that, you know, there's no real good or bad frequencies which is really interesting because everybody in the EMF community tends to think, oh, Schumann resonance and these extra low frequencies are really good because you find them in nature. And then uh, megahertz, gigahertz frequencies, um, like what we see in uh, telecoms communication, uh, those are bad because you know that's what's harming people. And that's only like partially true. And what's interesting is that you can have a frequency in the gigahertz, you can have a frequency in the ultra low frequency range that's not moving in a natural range. So if you have like a Schumann generator or a magnetic pulsar that's just going, 7.83 hertz, 7.83 hertz all the time, the body starts to get annoyed by that and starts to eventually mount an immune response, even though it's within this like quote unquote healthy range. Um, what they found was that you can actually have frequencies that are in the gigahertz range that actually stimulate the immune system and are beneficial, but only if they're spontaneous and last for less than 15 seconds. Mm. So the randomization, the, the variety is a very big deal in nature and it's a very big deal to our bodies as far as how... Um, this technology is working. What's really interesting is that um, a lot of the technologies that we've developed can actually be piggybacked on the uh, carrier signals from your Wi-Fi. So you can have a Wi-Fi router that, you know, has coherent energy to it and it actually will have uh, a positive effect on the body. Still the same microwave frequency carrier signal, but um, 
yeah, we, we tend to work with Scalar just because it's a lot cleaner and, and for a lot of different reasons as far as its superiority as a carrier signal. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's, it's a stressor and stress can be good, but this is not a stress you want on a chronic level. Right. And that's super interesting. I guess I didn't realize that about the, uh, the strengths or the high oscillating hertz um, actually isn't as impactful as is potential duration to different types of, of oscillation. So that's, that's actually super interesting to me because I think I was probably one of the individuals who just thought, oh, well, the higher the frequency, uh, kind of the worst it's going to be for your biology. And, uh, and what you're saying is that that, nece- that isn't necessarily true. Well, to a point, right? And so we have this vast electromagnetic spectrum. You go high enough frequency, you're talking about ionizing radiation. Not right, for right. Anything. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a relative, but not as much as, as you might think. Uh, but it's really all about how a signal is transmitted, coded, and, and how it moves, yeah, essentially. Yeah, no, interesting. Yeah, there was a study that I read, and, and I want to say that the study was done maybe like in the early 2000s, but I, I think they were like uh, inducing a signal of, it wasn't considered like super high, maybe like 1.8 gigahertz or something like that, and just repeated pulsing exposure to that. Um, I want to say it was in mice. Uh, I can't remember if it was in mice or not, but anyway, repeated exposure to that 1.8 uh, gigahertz signal actually induced like single and double bond strand breaks in DNA, which is like incredibly scary like that is just incredibly scary so I, I would just encourage people to like do your research like get out there go into the EMF portal check out all of these research studies I, I will say too if you don't have a background in, in science or uh, in, in electrical engineering some of them may be difficult to get through but see if you can find someone who who uh, has reviewed some of these articles and kind of broken down into better uh, and more easily understandable English for you or whatever language it's in for you um, just because it can be a little bit confusing. But there's a lot of data out there demonstrating that there are a lot of potential negative effects of EMF, which brings me to kind of like the the next point of conversation, um, which would be kind of what are these actual physiological effects? So we talked a little bit about DNA damage. And the other thing that I really wanted to hone in on, because this is a buzzword for many of the um, health and wellness industry and buzzword for those uh, in biohacking, is mitochondrial or cellular damage. So I know you talked a little bit about mitochondrial damage from EMF, um, but maybe we could just explain a little bit about what you mean by there uh, and, and kind of what that actually looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to, to backtrack just slightly before I get into that, um, you know, we there is a lot of research in a big way being done. Uh, one of the articles that I published on my website was the uh, $30 million uh, National Toxicology Program Study. Uh, so FDA just straight up funded this. I mean, they didn't fund it. We, the people did, obviously we paid $30 million to have this done. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> what ended up happening is like irrefutably, and this was on mice and they had to create this multi-million dollar facility to basically isolate. Cause it's just so challenging. And that's what we looked at in our research is like, how do, how do we isolate at all points in time space are connected? How do you really isolate the stuff? So they had to build chambers to really get this isolation happening. Long story short, the um, the, the unexpected findings were that there's clear evidence, and this is peer-reviewed panel finds, like clear evidence of cancer, um, and, and that's it, it's the probable carcinogen, which is a level four classification, is quite a bit more. So I, I basically did a write-up on the overview of that research, so people can go check that out. So, but back to, and then another thing that I wanted to say on that note is that this is a type of pollution that we don't actually get a vote on. I mean, we are kind of voting because we want Netflix and we want cell phones and we're 
buying these products that require this infrastructure. But I mean, this is this is very, um, you know, even if you're really trying to get rid of Wi-Fi in your house and you're doing all these things, which you're, you're still going to be affected by it. So we have to have kind of a collective consciousness about like, hey, what's going on with this? What This is a very new type of environmental pollution that we've never seen on the planet ever before. So um that's yeah, it. I mean, that's, that's a really good point. I, I had even heard too that when it comes to 5G, and we'll get into that, we'll get into 5G here in a little bit, but I heard that when it comes to 5G, basically uh, because of law and policy, these telecommunication companies really kind of have free reign on wherever they put these things, and they don't necessarily need our approval to put them in our lawn or, or, or in a common space, which if that, is, if that is true and not just you know some type of conspiracy theory, like that's friggin' scary. And it makes me kind of want to move out into the middle of, you know, a thousand acres if I could if I could find it around here and just kind of isolate myself. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're right on that. And it's it's one of those things that it's like we get a vote on so many things, but we don't get a vote on that one. Uh, But it's going to affect our biology from an inherent level. And it's, it's scary stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I didn't mean to jump around on that. But back to your ATP, um, you know, mitochondrial uh, question. This the, that's a big one because w- you remember that information carrier wave signal that I was talking about earlier. The the signal that's piggybacked on that, which creates the the ca- chaotic energy, which your body does not like and it tries to fight. Um, that that the body again sees it as a foreign invader, similar to like a virus or a pathogen that it needs to fight. So the the body what what it does at the cell level is it starts to shut down active transport channels, which is a big freaking deal. Uh, they go into kind of like a prepper mode, right? They're just like hoarding energy. They're not letting any toxins be removed. They're not letting any new nutrients um, in to to a substantial degree, not totally, but to a substantial degree. And then what happens is the cell becomes malnourished and toxic on the inside. So this damages the mitochondria, which you're already getting a free, your body just producing adenosine triphosphate, you know, that's going to basically just create a lot of oxidation. That's why herbs like Shazandra, for example, is one of the few herbs that actually gets um, intracellular glutathione levels up, meaning glutathione levels inside of the cells raised to a substantial degree. Um, so when your body's not producing this ATP, um, the cellular communication is disrupted. So obviously, you, you know, from a physio- physiological standpoint, that affects hormones, neurotransmitters, immune system, um, you know, that, that also, and then the other aspect of that is when you're hitting that point on the DNA with like a hammer over and over and over with that repetitive frequency, again, it breaks breaks the uh, the protein chains, but it doesn't necessarily kill them. So they, they start to form these cell fragments, which are micronuclei, nuclei and those start growing in and of itself so you know we already have to deal with telomeres we already have to deal with like making copies of copies of copies to pass on our genetic expression uh to different cells but now we got cells that are broken off mutated and have this essential essentially trauma that are rebuilding themselves and you're seeing a lot of growths that really shouldn't be there uh, especially people that keep their phones on their body. And the one thing you can do if anybody's listening to this and really wants to know, like the first line of defense is just don't keep your cell phone on your body because there's what's known, there's what's known as a near field plume of radiation. So that extends out to about six to seven inches. And, um, I remember, um, Dr. Deborah Davis, she was the one of the people that really brought this. Do you know who she is? Have you interviewed her? No, I, I have not. She, uh, she's a really good one to talk to. So back, um, I can't remember if it was the seventies or eighties or what time frame was, but she was, uh, largely responsible on a committee back when science was questioning if secondhand smoke was actually bad for you or not. She was actually part of the committee that like did the due diligence research and proved that yes, um, 
secondhand smoke's bad. We should ban it on planes and got, got it to where like, um, um, smoking on planes was completely, uh, forbidden. So she, you know, um, at this day and age, she's kind of thought she was right about EMF, but now she's turned her gaze back to it and she's realized she was incredibly wrong about the, uh, health ramifications. So she's really doing, being, becoming a pioneer in education about like the dangers of electromagnetic radiation, especially with cell phones. So she was, she was like pointing out, you can go to the legal section in your iPhone. I'd, I've heard that changed. I, I haven't checked it recently, but you know, back a few months ago, you can go into the legal section of your iPhone and pull up their disclaimers and they basically tell you you should not keep these devices on your body. So that's like one of the first things to do to keep that radiation from penetrating deep into the tissue of the body. Right. And we all agreed to it, right? I mean, when we, when we got our new iPhones, we agreed not to do that. But it's funny, like they hide that stuff. I won't say they hide. I mean, it's there. Uh, but, you know, we all scroll down and we agree without looking at anything. But it's interesting kind of in retrospect to go back and say, oh, wow, this device that I thought was fairly harmless or, or perfectly harmless actually could cause some pretty significant damage and even these huge companies are readily admitting this like that's that's super interesting yeah yeah so getting getting back to the uh, mitochondria i mean just that disruption i mean our body needs a certain uh, voltage potential you know healthy cells mm -hmm. within 70 to 90 millivolt range but when in cancer patients you see that you know really low 20 millivolts or, or lower um and and what's what kind of sucks about that is that the body can't send the right signals to all your immune cells. So normally macrophages would go through the, the blood and really clean up all those micronuclei that are broken off, but the communication has been disrupted by the information carrier wave. Uh, so the message to the immune system doesn't really arrive. Uh, and now those micronuclei can sit in a nutrient rich environment and they're just free mm. to replicate. And you see all these weird growths, like women that keep cell phones in their bra or uh, men that keep yeah. you know cell phones in their pants man yeah I, I i hate seeing it too anytime i see uh a, a lady walking around with a cell phone um sitting in their bra and it's just kind of sticking out there like part of me just really wants to like feel like i need to do my due diligence just to be like hey maybe we should rethink this one but then i remember too like there's plenty of guys who are walking around with cell phones in their pocket not thinking twice right. And so for me, I mean, I, I'm very conscientious about this stuff. So I have, so I have my blue shield in my pocket at all times. I wear a pair of boxers um, by a company called Lambs, and uh, they are phenomenal. I'll link to those in my show notes too. But they are, they are there to protect my goods uh, from any type of <laughs> cellular wave. And then I, I also, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this one. I do have like a Defender Shield case on my phone, but I never keep my phone on me. Like if it's if it's on me, it's on um, it's on airplane mode, or if it's like in the car with me. I'll put it away from my body. Do you have any thoughts on those, those cases? Uh, because I've always been skeptical of them, but buy them anyway, because I'm <laughs> over conscientious. Okay. So th this opens up a real rabbit hole, which I love. Uh, it's fun. Let's do so it. So <laughs> this, this gets into, um, a lot into theoretical physics, scalar, um, reality, non-reality. So what, okay. So you have ones that do actually block signal. You can take, you know, um, uh, trifield meter or any any sensitive equipment that can pick up and say okay this either dampens the field coming through meaning the amplitude's not as strong or it just completely blocks it which is great you think okay i'm i'm protected but um i wrote an article uh called can you actually block emf is this on your brain is this on your website i was just going to link to it to everybody in the show notes yeah it's a uh, blue shield us.com okay cool i'll link to that one in and the that's show notes. blue with no e so blu right. shield um links yeah on the site so Here's the thing. Um, so all points in time space are connected. 
we can take the strongest microscopes we have and basically split apart atoms almost, I mean, they're, they're, most reality is empty space. I mean, you can divide, you can keep zooming in on reality to almost infinitesimal degree. And you'll realize that like there's not a lot of physical matter there and what a lot of what's happening in, in nature in reality what we feel is solid is actually just a lot of dynamic movement right of energy mm -hmm. so um what happens when you have one of those things on your lap that you know you put your laptop on and it's blocking the emf you measure it with your tool okay i'm cool or you have it on your cell phone is that the information the scalar component the non-physical yin component to the yang force energy is still present and it just shifts into a different energy form. So uh, what you'll notice is that you'll still get heat. You know, if you hold that up to your head, you'll still feel a heating sensation. If you have one of those things on your lap with the laptop, uh, those metal plates that are blocking EMF, you're still gonna have the heat and the heat contains the information of the fre repetitive frequency, which affects the cellular biology just the same. So what's been oh, wow. studied, what's been studied is okay, we can measure this and block it. So I sleep in this mummy bag made of Faraday, like a, basically a Faraday cage. Yeah. Um, you know, and I block myself from all of time space, which you can't do, obviously. There's <laughs> subatomic superluminal energies that penetrate and carry information. And you think you're protecting yourself, but what hasn't been done that I'd challenge people to do, and um, I'd love to do myself at some point, is have somebody sleep in the Faraday cage, put computers and routers and all this stuff around them and do just a 30, 60 day trial of like, you know, how, how does their blood look? How do they feel? Um, Cause you're actually not only blocking quote unquote bad energy, you're also blocking beneficial energy. Unless you create right. a micro energetic ecosystem inside of that Faraday cage, um, you know, it, it has a debilitating effect on cellular physiology as well. So it's it's a step in the right direction as as far as the idea. Um, the 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 scalar component of those energy fields is five to six times stronger than the actual Hertzian measurable longitudinal uh, or um, um, you know transverse wave. Right. right? And so yeah, yeah. it's still debatable and still 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 up to debate. You know, I think I'm always been a fan over the years while I've been figuring this out because I don't think anybody has the uh, a real 100% how do you protect yourself because literally everything is inefficient in nature. Like you're not going to get 100% protection. What we found with Blue Shield is it gives a 93% protection at the cellular level, at the mitochondrial level, uh, through animal testing, through human testing. But, you know, we, we don't have any like, you know, real evidence as far as like if you paint your house with, you know, certain materials that block um, transverse waves or hertzian frequencies, uh, there there's no real long-term data on that as well. So it's kind of up in the air at this point. As yes. far as, can you block it? Well, it's debatable. Right. Super interesting. So, and I think that is going to be the thing that distinguishes a blue shield from other types of EMF mitigation. Whereas other types of EMF mitigation, like you've mentioned, is all about blocking, uh, all about kind of seeing how can we keep this from talking to your biology. But what you're saying is, is that, yeah, we may have a piece that's, you know, not communicating to our biology, but the, the aspects that we do need to speak to our biology, like if we're in a Faraday cage, aren't there. Or... Uh, there could be other things that we can't necessarily measure because we don't have the potential to do that now that's speaking to our biology that could potentially have some, some negative effects. Am I hearing you right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we know for a fact that the non-physical components, the informational fields um, that are piggybacked and, and it's kind of like electri uh, electricity and magnetism. I mean, for a long time, people thought those are two different things, but then, um, you know, the Scottish, uh, scientist uh, James Clerk Maxwell figured out, oh, these are actually, you, you can't separate the two. 
Uh, he also theorized early on about you know scalar energy or longitudinal waves, compressional waves that actually are uh, move in the same direction as the propagation of the field, which is is different. Mm-hmm. If you you know like let's just say those, you know, you've seen those crossfitters and they're doing the ropes, right? You know, they put force into one end of the rope and it creates a ripple kind of like a wave that goes to the other end of the rope. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more or less what a transverse wave does when it's, when it's oscillating. But the, uh, but like an ocean wave, you have the top surface where the, uh, the, the wave is kind of curling and, and crashing, but under the surface would be the longitudinal energy. That's that compression. That's what's pushing, creating the movement behind it. So if you're looking at, you know, Anything in physics, it's like what's the great thing about being a scientist if we're doing it right, and I'm not a scientist, obviously, I just work with them, um, is that we make mistakes and mm-hmm. we figure out where we're wrong and we improve and we get a better understanding. And for a long time, a great example of this, which actually kind of correlates to to scalar energy and, or, or this type of longitudinal energy, um, is black holes. You know, for a long time, we had hypothesis of black holes, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. knew that the energy potential, and for people that don't know what a black hole is, is simply, um, you know, an unstable um, chemistry of the, the the atoms to where the, the um, and it's, okay, I won't get into the electrical phenomenon of it, <laughs> that's way too technical, but essentially what it's doing is it's collapsing energy into an infinitesimally small point. So it's, it's creating this vacuum where everything's kind of getting sucked into this extremely small point in time mm-hmm. space. And what happens, uh, and it's just in recent years, the last 10 years or so, we've actually proved, okay, these actually exist because we have technology that can actually verify and, and, and quantify that. Um, but we've known about them, or the idea of them, I should say, for a very long time. And what happens when that black hole collapses is that it creates a longitudinal wave that goes throughout the galaxies. And many people, and this is completely a hypothesis, just ideas, so don't take, take this with a grain of salt, but a lot of people in the cutting edge uh, understandings of superluminal energies of uh, faster than uh, the subatomic realms essentially think that these black holes are essentially necessary for charging. If, if you think about all the planets, galaxies, suns, everything that's out there as cells in the body, the black hole would be the thing that disperses a longitudinal wave to charge those planets, cells, suns uh, with energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a, obviously a, a hypothesis, but it correlates with with what we learn in Chinese medicine about yin and yang therapy and, and the five elements is that, you know, you have something which is yin, which is the storage and accumulation of energy. And then you have the yang, which is the manifest express. So you have unmanifest and manifest. Uh, it's kind of the same. You see these principles all throughout nature. Like uh, you have an idea, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of electrical synapsis that happens in the brain if you're on an EEG machine, but the consciousness that f- basically motivated that idea is unmanifest, right? Mm-hmm. You can't quantify it, you can't burn it, stamp it, put it under a microscope and and really kind of quantify it anyway because thoughts are superluminal energy as well. But that energy can manifest into your action, which you do in real 3D time space. Because when we're talking about scalar, we're talking about fourth dimensional compressional and um, longitudinal energy. And uh, that's something you, you can only really see in biological systems. That's why when we test blue shield, we have to do it on animals. We have to do it on people. Um, we have to look at how it affects water and how it affects um, living systems 
because uh, it's it, it's 1.5 times the speed of light. I mean, it's just, you can't stop it or slow it down enough to really study it in the traditional reductive reductionist uh, scientific method. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff, man. And, and for any of my listeners, if you're like, whoa, this is mind-blowing, I don't know what to do with this, we're going to break it down to you super simple. So it's, it's always fun to get into kind of the science, the theory, to quantum biology, but I do understand that some of this can be quite difficult to wrap our heads around. So we're going to do our, our, our best job to kind of talk about this idea of the longitudinal components or the scalar components and, and kind of talk about what it does and why we would actually need to utilize or would like to utilize something like that for, for it, uh, mitigating the exposure that we have to EMF. And so we've kind of come to this point now where we've identified what EMF is. We've identified uh, that blocking or trying to completely block EMF may not be the most effective or even the best thing for us. So that brings us to kind of where Blue Shield comes in and, and where scalar technology comes in. And I know you've kind of gone ahead and, and, and uh, utilized the words longitudinal components or scalar components in transverse waves. So maybe let's just see if we can break down in like its most simple components, even though I know that that's a quite a task and not easy to do uh what is what is scalar technology like if you had to summarize it in a very simple way how, how would you how would you give your elevator pitch on scalars Ooh, yeah there's there's really no elevator pitch and it, it becomes a little bit tricky in the sense because there's so many words that often refer to scalar energy in different ways so you know you have zero point energy is the classic uh standing waves or tesla waves which are kind of more the classical scientific uh way to say it you know you also have tachyon you have organ you have radiant energy um you know all of these things refer to the same energy so essentially at its core if you take if, if you neutralize all electromagnetic frequencies like let's say you had a way to make them disappear you wouldn't hit a net zero so there's no there's not not energy in the universe. So even if you take all of what we know away, there's still like a standing field or a gravitational wave or graphitic wave. So essentially what we're, what scalar technology does, and most of them are still kind of like old school and are compared to what we've done with blue shield using uh, crystal photonics. Um, you know, they use radio frequencies. You can use any type of magnetic field, radio frequency. There's different ways to create scalar. But what you're doing is you're creating a neutralized field. Um, and, you know, a lot of companies are still doing, you know, you know, phasing these 45 to 90 degrees to 180 degrees out of phase with each other. And what you're creating is a neutralized field that creates uh, a field that if you can visualize this in your mind's eye, it's like a circle or a sphere, I should say, in this, uh, you imagine a sphere, and now that sphere expands in all directions or omnidirectionally, and then collapses back in on itself. That's what's happening with these different ways of using, you know, high voltage or low voltage or however people are doing it these days to create a scalar wave. So that scalar in and of itself isn't good or bad. I mean, we, we show uh, clear evidence that it, you know, increases the zeta potential and the vitality of the cell, um, you know, Blood looks way better in the presence of it. But we were in Blue Shield, we use it as a carrier signal because what's really great is that um, these longitudinal scalar waves don't lose um, power over time space. So if you have a, a transverse Hertzian frequency, like with a cell phone, right? The reason we have to have repeaters is that it loses power over distance. So distance really with modern technology is your friend. The further away from it you are, the less power it has and influence on, on uh, cellular coherence it has. Um, you know, but what's nice about Blue Shield is you can put this in the center of your house and it'll go through walls, you know, concrete, 
wood, any metal in your house. And it'll basically, it doesn't matter if you're two feet away from it or 20 feet away from it. uh, It's going to have the same intensity because it doesn't lose power over time space. It's moving through the subatomic structures between atoms, right? So it's going straight through like the physical matter uh, with the same level of intensity and the same, um, uh, there's no distortion in the information on that uh, longitudinal wave. Um, That's not really a simple way of saying it. But (laughs) basically... It's, it's 4D, you know, so we have 3D uh, dimensional space, which is measurable on the electromagnetic spectrum. And then um, the longitudinal component, um, which does not usually exist in 3D space, and we can't create it, by the way. That's another misnomer about scalars. Like, we're not actually creating scalar out of anything. We're, we're basically amplifying this naturally occurring scalar that um, is, exists in all things, and we're amplifying it essentially. So that, that scalar or longitudinal wave moves along the axis of time itself in the fourth dimension, which sounds completely weird and mysterious and like pretty woo-woo without like really having a deeper understanding of quantum mechanics, essentially. Um, but it's, it's simply like compressed energy to the factor of the speed of light squared. I mean, if you want to like a mathematical. That, that's math- e- yeah, that's but. easy enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think that, you know, a lot of my listeners too are probably going to want to know, okay, so like, it, let's say I go out and I buy a, a Blue Shield device, whether it's a cube or I buy, you know, one of the portable devices or the one that goes in the car, all of these can found, be found on your website that I'm going to link on to. Uh, so is, is it now like amplifying the scalar signal so that the body is listening to the scalar waves and not listening to all the EMF around us? Is that a very oversimplistic way of looking at this? Um, no, actually, uh, simplicity there is, is pretty appropriate. It's, it's no different than tuning a, the dial on your AM or FM radio. So we're resonant beings. So the body is most influenced by the strongest signal in the environment. So at the cell level, what's happening is that if you can imagine all of these cells having antennas or being tuning forks, when when you when you dial your radio on like an FM station, um, you're that you're basically twisting a coil essentially. And what's happening is it's picking up different bandwidths of carrier signals. And when you dial it into a resonant frequency, you'll get a clear transmission of one of the carrier signals that has your favorite song on it, right? So it doesn't mean that the other stations aren't bouncing around the airwaves. They're certainly there, but you're making a coherent audio sound that you can follow with your song by tuning the dial into that. So what Blue Shield is essentially doing is it's transmitting signals that are strong enough to compete with the EMF in the environment. And over, you know, a 10 to 14 day acclimation period, your body starts to sympathetically resonate with it. See, Blue Shield is not on all the time. It pulses a it pulses a three second pulse every half minute. And the longer you're exposed to that, especially the home units, which your body does the main entrainment with, um, your body starts seeking out those signals in the environment. And what happens is that the body stops perceiving the EMF as a threat. So it stops mounting an immune response and it reallocates the immune power back to the body to regulate and, and just balance itself. It, your body knows how to heal itself. It's just, you know, obviously, you, you know, probably better than anybody. It's like the lack of movement, lack of proper nutrition, hydration, all these other things that really stand in our way. And then people just don't get that there's an electromagnetic component to that, that they might be doing everything else right. But then if they're not protecting themselves at the cell level from uh, EMF, that that could be hindering a lot of the results they could be getting potentially. 
Right. Good point. And, and so I have, I have two different units that I've been using, uh, I guess for the last, like, I guess close to two months now. I have the, the cube, which is your home unit you've been mentioning. And then I also have the portable unit that I turn on and carry with me anytime I'm outside of my home and not in my unit. And you're right there. Uh, when I turn on the, the portable unit and then also to the, the other unit is in my, my bedroom where I sleep. And I'll talk a little bit about my experience here in just a few minutes. But one of the things that you'll notice when you turn it on is that there's a small little light that blinks really fast and it pulses. And then what, maybe every like 30 seconds to a minute or so, it, it does it again. Is it sending out, what, what does that flashing light indicate? Is that, is that something that's actually happening in that moment? Yeah, so absolutely. So what we use a microprocessing technology, which has all the complex layer of algorithmic code in it. It's very, there's multiple waveforms being generated and they're at different degrees of phase out of, uh, out of phase with each other to create the desired effect. Um, and if you understand how LEDs work and like the, the anatomy of LED with the, the little micro crystals in it, and you understand how to use electrons to step up and step down voltage in a way to where you can create the um, carrier signal and then imprint the information that, which is really the magic. I mean, the scalar technology is how, as far as how they developed it is kind of revolutionary. I mean, it's gone through its, ever since James Clerk Maxwell's days to Tesla to you know, modern people experimenting and doing all these awesome experiments and evolving the understanding of the superluminal energy, uh, they just really realized, hey, we don't need high voltage anymore. You know, like Tesla was using, we don't need coils. Uh, in fact, you know, you're you're going to piggyback a lot of stuff you don't want on onto a scalar field because it, it's an informational field, right? So if you have the information of copper always being embedded onto that signal that's pulsing out, that's problematic because there's all these mineral marriages in the body, which, you know, uh, if you have too much copper in your body, your body is depleted in zinc. If you have too much zinc, you know, you need copper, uh, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, using light is, we found to be the cleanest way to do it. Um, and uh, the LEDs just facilitate that code perfectly. So what's happening to answer your question more directly is that we're getting power from the grid we're putting it through the microprocessor, which commands all the code through light signaling. And your body doesn't have to be, the thing is with the scalar wave, your body doesn't have to ex be exposed to the light, meaning you don't have to have this as a photobiomodulation onto your skin to get the benefits because the longitudinal wave you know, transcends time spaces. It'll go right through all of that stuff. It's just a facilitating, the light facilitates the signal transmission, which communicates with your body, which gives you the benefits. Interesting. Did not realize that. I thought it was just kind of like a evidence of, Hey, this thing's on. <laughs> so nope, it's, no, it's not on all the time. And you wouldn't want it on all the time because right. you know, it's the on off it's, it's the changing it's balancing and the algorithm, the, the two properties of coherence and, and randomization, which you need, you need the, the change up, you need the oscillating amplitudes, you need, you need a lot of things happen. That's why the code is, is so is extremely complex. And we get people still to this day all the time, just people trying to figure out how we're doing it. And it's very, I wish I was at liberty to discuss more of that. Yeah. It's very proprietary. But, Give us you your know, secrets, man. <laughs> I know. It's like, because like when you look at any EMF protection device on the market, they might be using three or four frequencies, but you know, they're still having the same repetition or you get like white noise generators, essentially. It's just mm -hmm. creating a lot of random frequencies. So uh, it's kind of like a smoke screen, you know, it's right. not really doing anything at the cellular level to get your body to stop fighting the EMF. It's just, you know, and a lot of those products tend to wear out and, you know, depending mm -hmm. on how complex their code is, you know, ha have different ranges of effectiveness, effectiveness. We wanted to create something that works for everybody all the time that has long-term benefits that really won't repeat itself for generations. So you, you know, you pass these down to your kids. Yeah. And 
you know, you're, you're, they won't experience the same combination of frequencies twice, just like you didn't. So interesting. Okay. So now you have multiple devices that you guys sell on your website. Um, at, at that, again, that's blue shield hyphen us.com blue shield is without an E on the end of blue B L U shield hyphen us.com. And I know you kind of uh, made mention that kind of the bread and butter of, of what you guys use for the scalar technology is the cube, um, or the, uh, the one for home. And so, uh, why, why is that device the one that you think would be kind of the, the go-to and not just the portable one that we carry with us everywhere? That's an awesome question. And we get that quite often because a lot of people that are on a budget, they're like, can I just use this and, you know, not have to get a home unit? Yes and no. You know, if, if that's your only option, it's better to have a little bit of protection than not. Um, the lithium ion battery is just not strong enough to create the, the level of strength it takes to get entrainment. So they're, they're designed essentially to be used in tandem. So your primary, if you had to buy one or the other, we always recommend going with the home unit because it's a lot stronger. It's using the 120 volts out of your wall socket. It's creating a much stronger signal and that will lead to sympathetic resonance faster. Meaning we want to get your body to seek out these signals in the environment and ignore the chaotic EMF that's all around us from all our neighbors, Wi-Fi, and everything that's going on in our environment. So that one gets you entrained. And then once you're outside your protected zone, you know, and you're going to the store or you're running errands or doing your daily thing, going into a meeting, you take your portable with it. And it's, it's enough to be a reminder at the cell level to maintain that, that resonance. So we that's what we found in, in all our research is that, you know, the home units were kind of like the, the original and we wanted to make something that was totally portable, but with like 5g coming out and, you know, just this insane amount of, um, cell towers being, um, posted up all the time, you know, we just, we realized that the, the strength needed to be there. Um, and then the portables are kind of like just for traveling on planes and, you know, keeping your body in trained once your body was already acclimated. And then, you know, something else for people to know is that, you know, you, it is possible and about, you know, 60% of users, it's usually people that, uh, I don't know if this would be so much the, the people listening that are really into taking care of their bodies and health and stuff like this, unless they have something under the surface that's going on that they don't know about. Um, it's possible to get a detox detoxification reaction because you you can't really fake the biology if you're if the cellular coherence is is going up your zeta potential oxygenation of the blood all this kind of stuff is happening at a higher rate than before you're basically using something like blue shield to make your body stronger and more resilient uh, and if you got stuff to clean in house the the body's gonna reallocate that immune power it's used to fighting EMF with to cleaning the body balancing, homeostasis, all of these kind of things. Yeah, it's kind of like for, for in, in the field of psychophysiology, you know, we have our sympathetic and parasympathetic state. And when we go into a state of kind of override and sympathetic arousal, it can wreak havoc when we're in this chronic state. So we need to have kind of this good balance uh, between parasympathetic and sympathetic side. And I think that this is kind of that device that allows that balance for your biology from an, an electromagnetic standpoint, which is a really cool thing and, and kind of heard uh, unheard of in in much of health and wellness so i think it's awesome that you guys are, are doing this i'm just wondering like if let's say that my body becomes entrained and acclimated to my home device and i've been carrying around you know my, my portable device everywhere and then you know some days i just kind of forget it and i walk out without it is there going to be damage done is my body going to have to be retrained or re-entrained if you will or what goes on there that's that's a really great question. What I've found and what a lot of people have been using it for multiple years now um, give us feedback on is that you actually become stronger and more adaptive 
right? It's, it's not yeah. so much a dependency thing is that when your physiology is strong for long periods of time and you're able to navigate within the same crazy EMF environmental pollution environment, um, your body actually becomes stronger. I've had instances where I, I would go to the store, I totally forget it and feel fine. Um, mm -hmm. There's also interesting components and I'll tell you a story. My wife actually, um, she is not the most energy sensitive person, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as subtle energies and stuff like that. And uh, she didn't really notice much uh, when we put Blue Shield in our house. I mean, I noticed a lot of benefits because my daughter at the time was teething and we weren't sleeping well, getting kicked in the back and just <laughs> having, having a rough go at night. And uh, what, what uh, I found is that I was still not getting great sleep because I was being woken up at night, right. but had more energy and I was way more productive and just felt just more chill and calm during the mm -hmm. day. I was like, wow, this is amazing. My wife didn't notice a thing. But I noticed at that time, because um, she was working at, uh, from her home office for a company at the time, uh, she just, everybody in the house is just more calm. That's the thing that people notice more about the technology is that it just has a peaceful kind of calm feeling in the house, but they might not really realize what's going on on the surface. Right. So I'm saying, I'm saying this because, you know, fast forward three years, she had an experience where she um, pulled up to Whole Foods and she parked near this wall. It was one of those, um, you know, concrete garage style um parking lots. Yeah. And, uh, she just felt really weird all of a sudden, just like, couldn't, you know, she's been to this store. I don't know how many times she just felt weird that particular time. And then when she was walking in she looked back and she noticed that she parked on the opposite side of a wall of a bank of smart meters. So she mm. actually became more sensitive over time to this kind of stuff, but not in a debilitating way, but just more yeah. like canary in a coal mine. That's like, Hey, it's actually good to, you know, recognize and, and kind of pay attention to this stuff and, and, be more energetically sensitive. But I think a lot of people associate that with becoming weak or compromised in some way. But I've actually found uh, the opposite to be true. I feel that you're more resilient. Of course, I don't have any studies to back this up. This is just what I've heard from, mm -hmm. from you know, tons of users and my and how I felt about it. Um, but yeah, you, you've, you become more adaptive over time. I, I recommend you take it with you, especially if you're flying and if you can remember right. it. Um, what happens after your body's, um, and this is uh, the inventor, Mark Langdon, he, he told me about this one time and I thought it was pretty fascinating is that he said that the body will maintain once it's in sympathetic resonance with blue shield for long enough that the body retains a, you know, 48 hour charge. Oh, interesting. So 48 hours that your body's still feeling the effects of its last exposure. Um, which I thought, man, pulse magnetic fields don't even do that. You know, you get four right. stops. So I thought that was pretty interesting. The scalar kind of, and, and I think it's largely due to the fact that, you know, uh, water absorbs scalar um, and we're mostly water. So yeah, I think huh. it stays in our bones and stays, stays in the body a lot longer than just a um, uh, magnetic fields do. Super interesting. Yeah, the body and the mind, the brain are so resilient. And so we don't want to discredit the, bo the body's ability to adapt um, to, to change. However, there, there are tipping points. I mean, this is what illness is. This is when inflammation ends up taking over. We're all inflamed at some point in our body. And we're currently, everybody who's alive is inflamed in some way. This is a natural biological process that we need or we do die. However, uh, when it takes over our body, that's when we start to get into begin to experience it and we have to mitigate it. And so I think kind of something similar in work uh, with, with this technology, with, with Blue Shield and with Scalar. And I love kind of the story that you, that you indicated there with, with your wife, because I think it doesn't go to say that like she's become like more sensitive necessarily to this, but the body may just kind of pick up on things that it's like, whoa, whoa, this is, you know, back then I kind of adapted to it, even though it was wreaking havoc on my body, I adapted to it. So I didn't notice it as much, but now that my body is truly 
really kind of found this healing source of energy to respond to and not that one, then I'm able to kind of pick up on the subtleties and changes in my environment. And that's what my guess is, is that that probably was occurring. And it doesn't indicate that she was more sensitive to, you know, these, these non-native EMFs. It was just that she was able to pick up on it more. So sensitive in the, in the sense that she was more mindful of it. Right. And what's your new normal? You know, you hit, there, there's homeostasis that you hit with everything, including Blue Shield. Um, but that doesn't mean it's um, not working long term because the way the algorithm's coded. That's the real yeah. distinction there. Because like anything you introduce in the environment is going to be warm and fuzzy at first. And you're going right. to feel like, oh, this is new stimulus. But then most EMF products that I've ever found in, uh, until Blue Shield were, you know, have this nice kind of warm fuzzy effect was it psychosomatic or not i don't know Mm -hmm. but you know it felt good and then all of a sudden it didn't feel like it was doing anything for me um nowadays like you know it it takes me probably like three or four days like if i forget to bring a cube uh somewhere where i'm if i'm staying somewhere off site from my house uh i'll notice big time after the first couple days are fine i think which correlates with what mark is saying but you definitely notice when you get out of it and it's, it's no different than, you know, eating healthy, you know, you get on a good clean yeah. diet, you're drinking structured water, you're, you're doing everything right. You feel awesome at first. And then that awesome is like your daily if you do it long enough, but then you start getting back on junk food, you start becoming dehydrated, you know, you're probably going to be good for a little bit of time, but right. eventually that's going to catch up with you and you're going to have the same s- symptoms, same, same effects that you had prior to starting the healthy lifestyle. Right. Absolutely. Great point and well said. You know, I wanted to share a little bit of my experience with the Blue Shield just because it's been something that I, I've been fascinated with, been using it, you know, for the past two months or so. And really like I, I try to never leave home without my portable device. I feel like it, it gives me that that bubble. Like when I walk outside, I'm like, oh I've got my bubble, you know, around me, my little protective bubble. So when the EMF starts throwing spears at me, my scaler's just like, you know, screw off. <laughs> I've got you. I've got you. I'm taking <laughs> taking care of you. And so you know, one of the things that I will admittedly say is that I, you know, do um, like many other biohackers, I introduce a lot of new things uh, for improving my overall health and wellness. And I always say from the get go, please make sure that you have the basics down before you're like trying to invest in these things. Uh, and, and when I say basics, I just mean having things like healthy levels of of, uh, of stress removed from your life, uh, having things like, you know, exposure to sunlight, exposure to the elements like ground you know, doing all the things that are basic. And then let's introduce some of these things into because I find a lot of people just try to kind of place some patchwork on or some band-aids on almost like medications when their lifestyle or behavioral changes haven't really done or moved anywhere. Uh, so I would say that kind of, you know, you know, admittedly, you know, do those things first. But then too, if you're looking for that extra biohackers care, I think that this is a great option. And then I will also admittedly say that, you know, it's hard for me to pinpoint what is causing change uh, or, or kind of tipping the needle in one direction just because I do so much stuff um, and, and, and I integrate in, you know, different types of, you know, nutritional changes, supplements, other biohacks. But I will say that when I introduced uh, the cube into my bedroom where my wife and I sleep and it's actually kind of right next door to my son's bedroom as well, who's two, I, I and then I also, of course, create the portable unit around with me. For me, it's interesting, Brandon, I I would admit that I have felt that same thing that you were mentioning, that like calmness, uh, that that just kind of that feeling a little bit more at ease. And I've noticed improvements in my sleep as well. So I track my sleep via an aura ring that I wear every night. And I've just noticed like more, uh, more sustained REM sleep, more sustained deep restorative sleep. And I would like to attribute that to the Blue Shield because I haven't really made many changes. Uh, 
in my in my overall lifestyle other than kind of including this device into my atmosphere and and so I would like to say that you know a lot of these things are coming from blue shield again you know I can't put my you know say that this is the absolute thing that's making it change this is the cause for it I can't say that it's not placebo but what I can say is that for me it's been well worth you know having these devices on and carrying with me. So I just kind of wanted to mention my experience just firsthand because, you know, there's a lot of, of stuff that's sent my way, a lot of biohacking tools and, and, and companies who will approach me. And honestly, like a lot of them, I'm just like, I'm hearing the same old stuff. Like I really don't, don't, don't buy into it or I use it and it hasn't had an effect on me. But the Blue Shield has, has been different um, because I really uh, enjoy and buy into um, this idea of scalar technology. I love the research that's on your website. Now we have haven't gotten really into that, uh, but but I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. I, I love where this is going, and I think the more that we gain a better understanding of this, the more it's going to make sense as to what this is doing truly inherently in our biology and for us from a psychological and spiritual standpoint, even as well. And so, yeah, it's been it's been re- been really good. Um, have you heard about the whole sleep thing? Has that been an improvement you've heard from people from anecdotally? You know what's cool about um, what you said is that I've never I've certainly heard about people getting better sleep. A, a friend of mine, Luke, uh, who's a brand ambassador, he's a, he started, he had headaches and just felt a little off for, you know, the first week, but he started sleeping amazingly. He, and he, unbeknownst to him, he had a cell tower that was built into a building like across the street from him. He didn't find that out till later when he was about to, yeah. about Oh, this is Luke's story, isn't it? Yeah. Luke's story. Yeah. So yeah. He talks about that a lot. I'm, I'm sure if you have listeners that listen to him, uh, oh, yeah. it, it, so I've heard about you know how it changes people's sleep patterns for the better, but I've never heard of anybody that's using an aura ring actually like mapping it out. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I've just noticed too, and I'll have to go look back um, to see if I like. I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge data nerd, so I'd love to like actually quantify it and see if there has been like a statistically significant change uh, in the amount of deep sleep and REM sleep that I've gotten. But just kind of anecdotally, but also looking at objective data, I've just noticed simply noticed that I've had longer bouts of REM sleep. I've had longer bouts of, of, of deep sleep. Um, and again, you know, whether that's attributed to blue shield, I don't necessarily know, but the thing about it is that I haven't made any other significant changes in my overall behaviors or lifestyle that I would say, you know what, it could be that as well. Um, it's just kind of been a thing that I've added in addition to those things. And I've noticed these changes. So it's pretty dang cool. I really like that, uh, that this has been something that I can use and feel safe and confident in using it like many other people like Luke and others. So it's good yeah, stuff, and, man. And I think too, that's why it's important. We're, uh, we're actually doing another round of animal studies this time in the UK, uh, for factory farms that are used for McDonald's, which is totally weird for me to say out loud because I'm <laughs> yes. so into organic and like local as fresh food as possible. Right, right. Uh, but you know, it was an opportunity there and they're, they're doc- documenting. And, uh, early on in 2000, we did the original, um, poultry farm studies in Auckland, New Zealand. And, uh, just phenomenal results. And, and chickens are interesting because they're very nervous animals are very loud animals. And you mm-hmm. notice a lot of behavioral changes as far as how they, they become more harmonized, just introducing blue shield into the environment. Uh, you know, the fatalities just went down. They, they get really anxious and nervous and they peck each other to death. So they lose on average like 60 to a hundred chickens a month on average. Wow. And that went down to zero within the first two weeks. Um, and then rose respectively four to six. So and this was a year long study at that time. So they did it for a year, just observed it. And, and the death rate never rose above 16 to 18 chickens a month, which is hardcore substantial when you think about, um, when you think about like they were losing 60 minimum to, you know, hundred yeah. chickens every month. They had all that data. They had, 
they had the data on you know how many eggs they were laying and the density of the shells and all this kind of stuff. They were measuring all of this stuff, and what they found is that you know it made them a lot more profitable because they were losing less chickens. The egg quality is better. There's yes. more of them. And then McDonald's, like we we had a connection that was like w- with these factory farms that produce for McDonald's in the UK. They're like, yeah, we'd love to put these in if you're if it's doing what you're saying it's doing. So we're putting that to the test right now. I'm working on more blood work, and and it's really just because it is a subtle energy device and it's working at the subatomic structures between atoms. Man, we gotta it, and there's there's very little known about consciousness and its its superluminal effects, like how you know that. Consciousness is a phenomenon. It's in nature. It's in the universe. Like we just don't really know what it is. So we're we're trying to really distinct, you know, create that distinction with our technology. Is that this works whether you believe in it or not, whether you feel it or not. It's not a psychosomatic, but you know, we're still trying to figure out like the the mind connection with with this technology because you know. Um, a lot of people don't want to feel bad, and some people get detox reactions. It's like it's funny because it tells me like, oh yeah. It, it, you're telling me that it's working for you, but you just don't want to deal with the, the effect. So a little advice for people that we found that actually works quite well. If, if you're experiencing any detox effects with these devices, um, one, power through it if you can. Stay hydrated, take uh, systemic enzymes, uh, adaptogens like Shizandra. Uh, we, we offer a mineral product, which is BioOcean Minerals. And there's lots of uh, companies that create these type of um, bioresonant minerals from the ocean. Uh, this is one of the cleanest yeah. sources we can find. But having those tools at your disposal will help mitigate that. But if you can't power through it, if you have like a really, if you have something chronic under the surface that, you know, we're not going to talk about, but you know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the way to kind of deal with the, the detox over the longer period, if it goes past that, you know, one to two weeks, which is generally accepted as like, that's that's what, if people are going to have detox effects, it's going to happen within the first seven to ten days. Interesting. Um, okay. So if it goes beyond that, and there's something deeper, some kind of deeper condition where the body can't really handle the excess energy um, or hold that excess energy, just plug. The only way to really you, you can't distance yourself because it's the same power. Like I mentioned, at two feet or twenty feet, you just unplug it. So it's like doing push-ups, right? You do. You yeah. know, you might be able to start with two push-ups, do those two push-ups, and then the next day try three push-ups, and then try five. You know, just incre- incrementally increase your exposure until your body kind of reaches that homeostasis over a long period of time. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Oh man, that's fascinating. I, I think one more one more study that I wanted to ask you about, and that's really cool about about being hooked up with McDonald's. There's a lot a lot of room there for some like a gold mine for research. But uh, I know that you guys did some some blood analysis. No, sorry, it was urine analysis uh, on on some human case studies. What what did you find there? What were you guys looking for? So basically, the the long and short of it is that when you're looking at urine analysis, uh, you can find these free radical end products. So. Um, yeah, we were just take the urine analysis, um, you know, a diverse range of people. Um, I think we did 10 on that first study, and it was a 43-day period. And um, so, yeah, what we found is that the the uh, results of the test clearly show that the person um, had increased organ function and reduction of stress. So the stress markers um, and then the inflammation uh, or sorry, the uh, free radical end products are what we were really testing. And those all went down in every single case. And uh, the, it was it varied depending on like – the person was a smoker, non-smoker. Um, you know, there, there's these like percentages which you can read on the site. I don't recall them all right off the top of my head, but um, you know, some of them had poor digestion. They were up late nights. You know, you know, they and they had varying degrees. So the healthier you are, the better it works for you. Um, so if you if you're still like putting pollution in your body or you're just doing something you know you're not supposed to be doing, you're gonna have a little bit less of an effect, just like with anything. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think that makes total sense, right? I mean, if it's it, it's just like you know someone who's who's uh, exercising a bunch, but they're still smoking. It's like eh, I don't know if this is really going to be nearly as effective as if you know you stop smoking, you change your diet, then you include exercise in. Then we're going to get a lot more positive effects from the, mm-hmm. these these other changes, be it small or large. So makes total sense. So yeah, it's really cool data that I'll link to in the show notes um, that shows some of the urine analysis that was done for these ten case studies, and I'm I'm so excited for you to get some more research on this stuff so that we can you know see even more human trial yeah and i um i called some of the same labs that like the the fda study uh did and they already dismantled everything they built funny enough i'm like you think you'd keep that for other research (laughs) but uh yeah they're talking about the rebuild like it was a lot they quoted me a lot more than you know what the fda actually ended up paying Uh for that study so it's just it's one of those things like uh, we're, we're doing it at the scale we can. And what we notice too, and what I'm going to do um, here locally is I'm going to do some dark field microscopy because oh, the way that light is reflect, refracted through that electron microscope, you can get a lot more detail um, and you can really see the quality of the cell membrane. That's one thing you really like can't fake with a blood test because people debate, you know, oh, if you just get hydrated or put stand on a magnetic field, you know, you know it'll affect the blood, which is all true. Um but you can't fake the cell membrane and the strengthening of the cell right. membrane, which Blue Shield clearly demonstrates in every single case. So I, I'm basically going to do some live video footage. I'm just going to make it more real for people because no matter how much research you have, like people always want more research. And I think it's oh yeah, I, I'm I'm more interested in diversifying the research. I want to look at effects on blood sugar. I want to look at heart rate variability. Which some of the preliminary research that we did on that is that apparently I didn't know this that women and men heart rate variability is affected differently by yes. cellular energy. Huh. Interesting that, yeah, that's, Oh, I would be so fascinated men, to see that because that's tend, one of my areas of study. Yeah. Men, men tend to respond to the blue shield much faster heart rate variability than, than women do. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I want to like look at all these things cause you know, EMF affects the calcium channels, it affects blood sugar and leptin response. And yeah, it, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of components that can be looked at, but to do all those things individually, you know, it's obviously reductive reductionist uh, scientific method. It takes time and energy yeah. and get everything together. But that's what we're really focused on for now. Like I think you know, out of the sheer amount of blue shield that we have sold in 12 countries and having a less than a 1% return rate, I think that speaks for itself because a lot of people don't feel changes on the cellular level. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's just like a healthy insurance to have if yeah. you're, you're really investing in your health on all these other things. And, you know, I think certainly more valuable than getting that maybe like 2% edge with shining something on you or putting something up to your head. To right, like, right. Like 2% edge that you can get. You know, this is a very substantial level of pollution that's in the environment. And unless you're protected on the cellular level, you know, I, I don't think personally from what I've experienced and what I what I know to be true is that, um, you know, you, you can't really block you're, – you're, we're all in this – planet together you know we're all you can't really block yourself from this stuff it it, is certainly in the future when it becomes more you know these satellites 5g satellites become activated in the upper atmosphere exactly Right, which is which is you know a, a scary thing to think about, and and I just wanted to point out one thing that you mentioned because I think that it is absolutely incredible, and I remember hearing Luke's story mention it, but it, I think it speaks volumes that your company has made all these sales internationally and has a less than one percent return rate. Like that speaks enormous volumes because I don't know any other companies that are receiving less than one percent in returns. Um, and so you know I have a lot of people who go on and they look at you know the blue. 
windshield devices and they think, you know, this sounds really cool, but it tends to be a little bit pricier. Uh, and I say that, yes, it might be. But again, too, we have a company who they're not getting people returning these things. So you know, people are actually think that when they invest their money in, they are actually getting a return on their investment. So I think that's incredible, man. You guys have done well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's shocking because when I got involved and signed the NDA and got to look more behind the scenes at the the product and you know had several video calls with with Mark, who's the co-founder, co founder or sorry founder and co inventor of the technology. Um, when I really started to realize it was legit and that almost nobody knew about this stuff over in the United States, uh, I wanted to help spread the word and I was expecting some kind of because you know how many people are really sensitive, let, let alone Blue Shield. Forget Blue Shield, like. How many people are actually in their body and feel what's going on on a regular basis? Most people don't do that kind of training and, and sensitivity training. So I expected a certain percentage of people just not to get it, not to feel it. And then, you know, but it's it's been, yeah, shocking to me, to say the least. Incredible. But yeah, again, I think it speaks volumes. So one of the things before we wrap everything up today, a question that I had for you, I know we didn't get too deep into this topic and, and we might have to save it for another time because we could probably spend just many, many hours on this one. But my question is, is that, you know, we are about to take a shift uh, into one that, that in my opinion, in many opinions, especially in the biohacking community are, are very nervous about, and it is this whole 5g switch. And so my question to you is, is, is blue shield going to be enough for this? Um, are, are we going to be able to utilize blue shield and scalar technology as a primary kind of defense, if you will, um, or or is something going to have to be done differently here for this whole change in 5G? It's already 5G ready. Yeah. That's the cool okay. part, based on the principle of how it's working. So short of ionizing radiation, it doesn't matter what frequency bandwidth, uh, um, you know, the, the, the signal is going to compete. Your body will always move towards what's beneficial and away from what's not. And I think... Um, Bruce Lipton, his book, Biology Belief, he, he referenced some of those that research in the, the Petri dish research where they had the influence of scientists because human cells are resonant with, with humans, so thought can affect things. So they took all the scientists out of the room, they videotaped it, and they would put things that are beneficial and things that are detrimental to the cells. Mm -hmm. And in every single case, the cells would migrate to the site of the Petri dish, which is closer to what was beneficial in a way, essentially proving that there's there's a uh, innate intelligence at the cell level. So um, the, the body, the way we amplify the signal, the way we transmit the signal, um, and because scalar is, you know, five to six times more influential than, you know, Hertzian waveforms, um, it's it's already five, 5G ready. We do have a premium series ultra, which is really an amazing system. It, it's got a little bit more, um, it, it's got another microchip essentially in it, and it's running more like Fibonacci sequence frequencies that, you know, will help us cell repair essentially so but that's only really for people in line of sight of a cell phone so if you have a 5g repeater right outside your house or you're in direct line of sight of it that's the most dangerous place to be so so if you're getting that mild irradiation all the time um depending on what amplitude it's set at um you know the, this the premium ultra is the pretty much what you want if you're in the inner city and unfortunately the infrastructure has to be so vast to get 5g working i mean they still You'll see on a lot of carriers, I don't know if it's AT&T or, or, or different character um, carriers, that you'll see like 5GE or 5G something. And it's not true It's not true 5G. They don't have the real infrastructure. The rumor is that T-Mobile is going to beat everybody there because they're putting more money into it. But nobody's really stopped to think, is this a good idea? Like what's going to happen to the wildlife, especially with the um, – uh, the satellites that's just crazy why you know they're wanting to connect the whole planet but that's going to irradiate a whole 
vast amount of the planet that's never seen this type of radiation. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's and they're just going to throw a bunch at it at once, and the ramifications of that. I mean, I, I guess unfortunately we just have to wait and see. Yeah, and unfortunately, like the body. Fortunately, the body's adaptive. Fortunately, we have blue shield technology. Um, I think the more conversations we have around it, the less it'll be kind of like weird and conspiracy theory. Cause that's really where it is now. And like, but it's plain as day. You can see the military patents on 5g. And in fact, like it, it's not that far out. If you think about where microwave ovens come from, you know, that's, you know, back when, um, you know, Navy men were on, on submarine or on, on ships, uh, they would get cold and they found that when they stood close to the radar, they would warm up. Hmm. You know, so that, that technology kind of came from like figuring out, Oh, this can heat, things so right, right. let's look, we'll apply it to cooking food so yeah it's indeed. a similar situation well you know in the end it's good to know that if anybody out there does go about and pick up some blue shield um, devices that these are 5g ready so that's that's really good the bruce lipton analogy i think was really important um uh because i think it, it really holds true for this so you know there's not you know i know people like jack cruz um talk about you know 5g and how damaging this could be but you know when you ask him about it he, he doesn't say he's nervous about it because i think we understand that there's some things that we can do we're not just helpless in this situation so i uh, oh. I, uh yeah i, I so Jesus. i really I'm sorry, go ahead. Is he the chicken is he the chicken wire guy that says you can just wrap yourself in chicken wire and block EMF? <laughs> no, 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 that's not, I, at least I don't think so. I mean, it sounds like something he could say, but no, no, that's not him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I wanted to point out one more thing before we wrap up. Like I know you have kind of like this chart on your website that kind of shows a lot of different things about the devices, both the portable and stationary protection, the ones that are grid powered and the ones that are rechargeable. And what I like about it is that it shows kind of the strength and the magnitude of strength. It also shows like the distance it covers so like for instance if you've got a portable device on you it, uh, it covers like a three meter radius and then like the cube covers um, you know up to a 90 meter radius um, so I think that's a really uh, useful chart is everything up there still up to date as far as the radius it covers yes that's correct all the uh, radiuses are we're, we're coming out with some new products um, one of the ones that went away was is, was called the disc where you could wear it as a pendant or wear it as a watch uh, my opinion had some design flaws so we're looking at making that more of like a you know, a functional thing that you can wear, um, like, like a watch or something. So we're working on that now. So some of the visuals might be a little outdated, but the, the, the numbers and the math are, are current. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So again, um, just to kind of wrap us up, if you are interested in the Blue Shield technology, want to read more about it, I'm going to link to that in the show notes again. That's drjwiles.com slash EMF. You can head on over to Blue Shield's website. That's blue, which is B-L-U, Shield. Uh, hyphen us.com where you can find all the devices and blue shield has been so awesome to give my listeners a discount code so if you use code doc wiles that's d-o-c wiles which is w-i-l-e-s you will get you a nice little discount i believe it's 10 percent off so every little bit helps right so head on over pick up uh, some of the devices again i have the cube which is the home device as well as the portable device and it is just something that i carry on me all the time. I mean, I got my, even though I'm, I'm inside right now for the podcast, I wanted to have the portable one next to me. So I've got the, got that one uh, sitting in front of me now. But as I run out here in a few minutes to head out to a lunch uh, meeting, I am going to carry that one with me. So I'll be nice and protected. So Brandon, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for being on here. Thank you for, for coming on and sharing all your wisdom and uh, for getting us kind of uh, nice and deep into some scalar technology. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Jay. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing to help people be healthier and more conscious.
Thanks for listening to the Hanu Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast would not happen without listeners and supporters like you. And the best way to support us and the show is to head on over to iTunes and provide us with a five-star review. This helps us reach others and spread the good word of breathing and stress resiliency. If we read your five-star review on air, please reach out to podcast at hanuhealth.com with your name and mailing address, and we will send you some sweet Hanu gear. Until next time, breathe better and stress less. (laughs) 